Welcome back, guys, to Flight Following Aviation Podcast. I've got Cody here, winner, Cody Winter with us here. What's up, guys? And I'm Alex Zoltak. So we've had some great feedback from you guys, and we love that you continue to listen to these podcasts here at Perry Air. And we love that all of our students come in and give us different different ideas to talk about and all that's super helpful. So please continue the feedback and can continue to listen along. So today it's going to be a shorter podcast, something we've had a lot of questions about. And so this podcast is going to be a little bit more about some of the things here specific to Perrier. So if any listeners are listening and they're not at Perrier, hopefully this translates to your flight school as well. But we have some cool things here at Perrier and some things that help every future aviator how to fly. So a couple of those things start with obviously the airplane. We have four 172N models. All those airplanes are Cessnas and those are high wing aircraft. I like them because I think they're like little pickup trucks. Yeah, they do. They do really well with the ground effect, I noticed, because I, I did all my training in, um, in Pipers. Mm-hmm. Do you do all your training in, in a Cessna uh, Yeah, all, and that's my my plane of choice, Cessna yeah. 152. Actually. I did all my training in an Archer, and so I always just thought my choice of plane was going to be an Archer. I even named my dog Piper. Yeah. And so um, that's just what I thought was going to be my favorite. And then I came here, and uh, I flew the 172s, and they fly so much better. They, yeah. like... There's something about the way the Archer lands compared to the uh, the Cessna, and the Cessnas feel like they are literally they're paper mm-hmm. in the air and the and ground effect. It's so easy to have like the the most perfect landing of all time. You just look like a better pilot when you fly those things. Yeah, I think to have a more consistent landing for sure. I don't have much experience in a Piper. I like low wing aircraft. I think a lot of students feel this way when you see a low wing low wing aircraft on the field. You think that's an airplane and then when you see a high wing airplane that's a van yeah like it's a lot of people yeah. don't understand but we here fly Cessnas so anything we'll have will probably be a high wing uh, we we even thought about for our twin might be an aero commander because it suits that same high wing look you saw the aero commander the other day looks good I yeah. it's like a it's like a mini c-130 yeah it's pretty cool yeah. I didn't know that they were the old air force ones either and then for if we were to have, uh, as in our future, if we get a uh, retract gear, it'd probably be like a 177 RG or a 172 RG because they're just such good platforms, those planes. Don't yeah. you think so? Yeah. I love the Cessnas. Now that we've been in them now, I just, the value for them, oh my god. You gosh. know why the value is so high? Because they, flight schools are buying them up. Yeah, I guess so. You I mean, can't, the, the best trainer, the only trainers that are available are either Pipers or 172s. 152s yeah. are just too small for the most yeah. most flight instructors. I like how you said that. Flight, you know, flight schools are all buying them up. That means flight schools are doing really well uh, as a business as a whole. Why do you think? Why do you think that is? I mean, like we're in a pandemic. You know, they they just laid off a bunch of pilots, uh, and but the flight schools are still thriving. You know, your friend said that the other day when he came in. He was like, uh, "I know this is not what y'all want to hear, but because uh, we're in the flight school business, but why?" I, I, he thinks that flight schools are eventually going to have to slow down a little bit because right now they are booming. I mean, mm-hmm. like everybody is getting their pilot's license. Anybody and everybody can get it. Uh, it's not like the old days where the only people who were getting their private pilot's license were commercial airline pilots. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's sort of kind of how it was. And, and now I feel like it is blowing up. Well, see, I completely disagree with what my friend was saying because yeah, the idea of flight schools, they're blowing up because there's more people want to get an aviation to get that pilot job, which, you know, the flight, the pandemic caused the airplanes to go to and be grounded. But 
they're they're gonna get back in the air. They're gonna fly. Yeah, because I mean, it didn't affect it didn't affect flight schools too bad. I mean, if it, it wasn't the sure. best best method of travel, then I would agree. But right. since it's such, it's a, gotta recover. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about it. The people airlines have to going, travel. Yeah, I think can't people, travel by car. Yeah, so people travel for work. People travel for pleasure. Yeah, and I think people are I think people are smart. Mm-hmm. I think people understand that the airlines have to recover. So now is a good time to get in, especially for a career thing, because they know that there's a big pilot shortage that's going to happen. So mm-hmm. you're going to get hired. Uh, so I think now is a great time to get in. And I think people see that. And that might be a reason flight schools are booming. But uh, I think flight schools are booming mostly because, well, for one, I would say specifically our flight school, because we're not a part 141. So we don't really cater to yeah. all the airline pilots. But people are coming here for one reason. That's because we're showing them that aviation is accessible. It's something that you can do and it's achievable. Yeah, to anybody. I can't think of another flight school that does that on a pleasure basis. Now commercial, there's tons, ATP, all these different flight schools that go out of their way to say you can be a pilot for hire. But yeah. we're the only flight school that says you can be a pilot and just enjoy it. And it's kind of it's like a club, mm-hmm. but like, a, there, like there's many flight clubs out there, but it's mostly people who already have their license. But this is a club for students mm-hmm. to learn and for anybody and everybody, we have such a wide range of, of audience and customers that it's just, uh, it's a community. It really is. Yeah, it really is. I completely agree. But getting back to the airplanes, so when we were talking about the low wing and we were talking about the high wing, and it's, you know, we were getting back to where the, a lot of the student pilots will first see the low wing and they'll think, well, that's an airplane. Well, yeah, the yeah. inconvenience, the inconvenience that's caused by getting on that wing every time you, you fly. It sucks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, it, did you ever think that about the low wings? Do you feel like when you look at a low wing, it looks more of like a, I don't even know how to say it, like a plane, like a, like it, it just looks cooler. It looks, uh, there's something about low wings to me because that's always looked appealing to me. I could definitely see why people call a Cessna 172 a van. Yeah. And it's like a car. You get well, in it, a, you just a open sky, up a door, you know, you're not stepping on a wing. It's the Cessnas are always been known as the sky truck, you right. know, because that's how you get into it. You open the door, you get up under the wing and you're good. Every other plane you can think of, you get on top of the wing. Ones you see in aviation, like as far as commercial aviation, a lot of them get on top of the wing. I had a 310, which you had to climb on the wing. Super inaccessible, in my opinion. Every time you got to get your keys. So for training, the amount of people that get in and out, I like the low wing aircraft. And a lot of Me too, now that I've been in it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. me too, for sure. So much easier getting in and out. Easier pre-flight. It's Mm -hmm. awesome. And as far as like planes are, are considered... You know, we have the the 172 N models, but then we also have the planes for people to rent. The 182s. We got two of those, and those are they're actually called the Sky Truck. They're a Sky Hawk. Yeah, they're yeah. great. Oh, I'm sorry, a Sky Lane. Sky Hawk is the um is the 172. It's a Sky Lane. And so, the the autopilot on both of them. Oh, it makes traveling like to Pensacola so easy. You two just, hours to Pensacola. Yeah, it and is amazing. How long is it to? Let's see. We went to Suwanee. Live Oak, Florida. That was what hour and fifteen. Yeah, yeah. and just traveling, like, yeah, Nashville. getting to your getting to your destination obviously is the goal. I mean, it's like the fun part of a trip. But when you're flying there instead of driving there, not only I mean, not only do you enjoy the destination, but you enjoy your travel as well. Right. No, so you're traffic. not stuck in traffic. No you're not traffic. paying tolls. You're not doing right. any crazy things like that. I mean, you just you're and you get to experience this like, um, uh. There's just this weird feeling when you're flying over everybody. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know if it's like that you feel better. I mean, like you I just, like that we talked I'm about above it. everybody. I'm like, I'm going, I'm going straight to my destination. I ain't got to make no turns. I'm yeah. going straight there and I'm over everybody else. I'm doing it way faster than these guys and on the ground. It's we're talking about the feeling. VFR on top, how that's the only, you're the only person seeing yeah. that. And that to me, so your VFR sure. on top, no one else sees that perspective. And that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. But then if you move into, okay, a lot of people say, well, what do you do when it's rainy day? What do you, I mean, a lot of people think, you know, as, as junior A, people learning to fly, they think, what do you do if it's nasty weather, it's raining out, you know, you can't fly, so you're only open on good weather days, but that's not true at all. No, not at all. So, I mean, you got, you got your instrument rating. Yep. That's something that, that we're really getting into. We're getting a lot of instrument students, um, and, and I'm a CFII, so I train instrument students, and it's... And all of our planes are IFR equipped. They have, uh, some has double glide slope, single glide slope. We have... Um, 430, some have WAS, some don't, but no matter what, a 430 GPS will teach you everything you need to know about instrument rating and about how to navigate to and from different approaches. So. Yeah, I mean, you, and when you have that that avionics setup, your confidence in your in yourself is through the roof because you just, you re, not that you rely on that instrument so heavily, but that... You're better at relying on the instrument. Just, yeah, I mean, it just helps you. I mean, it's like it's it's always there for you, and you can you can use it at any time, and, it, and you just feel so safe with it in the mm -hmm. plane because, uh, especially if you've had that for a long time, and then you take it away, where then you're going back to no GPS. Mm -hmm. It's like whoa, you know, you feel like you're in the ancient days, and you don't have that reliability. So, yeah. so all crazy. you got to do is if you're if you want to get your instrument rating, you come in on a nasty weather day, you actually get to fly what's called actual IFR. Yeah, in the cloud. And that, if you when if you're getting your rating, to me that's the most fun part because you're in the plane, you're in the clouds, and you get to see what it's like. When I was doing my instrument rating, I haven't actually gotten my instrument rating, but when I was training for it, I really enjoyed all the actual we did. That was my favorite because yeah. when you fly, when you take off from a novice, from my perspective, when you take off and you're coming back in for an approach and have no visibility outside the aircraft, but bam, there's the runway. It is the most amazing feeling. Yeah, it's like it's I like somebody's watching you. Yeah, um, there was there's something that just came to mind on my first flight ever, and this might be my only experience, but it might be everybody experiences this. When I went up on my first flight, one of the things that I thought about it was a 45 minute flight. One one of the things that I kept thinking about is where where the heck are we? Mm -hmm. Like we've just been making turns, we've been doing all these crazy things, and I haven't not thought once about where I am in relation to the airport that I just took off of. I have no idea, yeah. and I was like, and I, I mean, for a week I thought about like. If I was up there by myself, the hardest part, because I felt like my confidence, I felt like I could fly the plane. It was just like getting back to where I was going or where I came from or where I'm trying to go. That, yeah. yeah, I was like, I don't have a clue where I was at. Yeah. I just was, you know, doing circles and flying. He, uh, he I, I trusted him completely to get me back. So uh, cool. And so now you don't even need to be able to see mm -mm. anything from the time you take off to the time you get to 200 feet above the ground. You don't have to see not one thing in that plane has the equipment to be able to get you from this airport mm -hmm. all the way across this, this state or the country and land you at another airport yeah. without you seeing the ground once. And what's so that's cool crazy. is that doesn't even matter about, so th yeah, that's great when it's you know poor weather out, poor visibility, but then people would say, well, what happens if there's a thunderstorm? And again, there's still options for training. You're not stuck. You can still continue your training, but you can't fly because in a thunderstorm would be dangerous. Right. And so that option, and, and it's something that we have here, it's, it's brand new to our flight school as of this year, and it's something that I've used a bunch and I'm really excited about uh, using, and I love teaching out of it, and uh, that's our Redbird uh, simulator. Yep, TD. 
Redbird TV simulator. It's amazing. I mean, like, there's the a lot of simulators do. out there that, you know, you have them on your computer, you have them on your desktop, you can download and they're fun and they're cool. But if you want to feel, and you can't feel the motion of the aircraft, but if you want to feel and know what it's like to really fly as close as close mm -hmm. as possible to being in an aircraft, but not being in an aircraft, yeah. that feeling that that's what Redbird uh, gives you. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. And the best part on top of that, the best part about it is you can log real flight time in your actual pilot's logbook that counts mm -hmm. towards an FAA job. You can log real flight time. And if you're already a pilot and instead of paying for all that fuel and time it takes to do actual approaches. To get to your keep, currency. Yeah. yeah. You could just do that. Yeah. You can hop on here and can't you just keep your currency and never fly far from this machine? That's correct. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's to me, it's future. So you have to have the, uh, I, I say that you have to have your uh, instrument proficiency check uh, yeah. once a year done in an actual aircraft. Okay. For sure, but you can get your currency, your six hits, mm -hmm. uh, the six approaches that you oh, need to, to remain current. Cur yeah, to remain. Uh, yeah. you can do that. See, that's that so similar. cool. It's amazing. I mean, it really is. And you can you can fly the approaches that are you like. Like you can go up and fly. You know, if you for Perry, if you fly around in Perry a lot, you can load in those approaches at this airport. The exact fixes everything. You're in a Cessna 172 with the same GPS, just a little larger. It's a 5:30 instead of a 4:30. Yeah. So you feel it's it's the exact same setup as our plane. And what's cool, a lot of people don't realize, but even private pilots can log some of that time. So if it's rainy weather, yep. instead of calling off your flight, your flight instructor can put you in front of the simulator and you can log a couple hours in it and it goes towards your actual instrument rating. I mean, your towards your actual pilot. private yep. pilot. And it's cheap too. You can get, it's $50 an hour and you can have it uh, unlimited for a subscription a hundred dollars a month a yeah, hundred dollars a month and you get unlimited usage We've out of this redbird simulator because the thing is it does it cost us money for the simulator no but it cost us initial money so we just try to charge a subscription everybody participates in it and it's something that allows people and to you can't fly. beat it i mean like a no. hundred dollars a month for unlimited usage yeah. i mean like that Every day when you're done with your flight lesson, yeah, you, jump you go on the simulator. Yeah, for for and and log as much hours as you want, and shoot yeah. as many approaches that you can actually log as you want for a hundred dollars a month. You can log real I mean, instrument approaches. If you're flying to get your PPL and you're about to take your check ride, and you're like, let me just practice with some VORs. You just hop on that thing because you pay the subscription. You fly VORs. You're like, okay, I'm starting to get it. Yeah. You can go up there and practice your landings. You're not going to feel the airplane, but the the systems all work. You can practice stalls. And stall, yeah, you're not gonna feel the stall, but you'll hear the stall horn and it'll sink. So I mean, it to me, it's it's. And we're open. We're open 24 hours a day. So I'm like, you can't sleep. You get out of two. You know, you want to come out here. You open up our doors and you come fly this Redbird simulator. Yeah, but you can bring a friend and they go watch you fly. I mean, it's yeah. it's a it anyway. really is. It's a I mean, cool thing. As much and a lot of people that we have, uh, a lot of our students are really loving that uh, that they're able to use uh, our simulator at any time of the day and for as many hours. They don't have to and worry about. I know it. this sounds like a plug, but it's not a plug. It's ma mainly just us just telling trying to educate those yeah because a lot of people come here and they think well you're only stuck to fly the airplanes and they leave and they they don't, don't like to come in when it's bad weather but bad weather's the best days because you can really you focus on your so ground much. yeah you, you learn can, so much on the bad weather yeah, days. why do ground on a good pretty day you know so but i i think that's huge and then we have a good facility here and we have different offices where you can you know do your work and you know, big hangar. You can see how the maintenance is done. You go out there and watch that. So I think, I think having all of that in the same hangar and the same atmosphere is is really cool. It is. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Not many places, flight schools have the the uh, actual maintenance department connected to it. Wouldn't it be cool if we could have those um, 
that Redbird Simulator, the $70,000 one, the full motion hooked oh, yeah. Yeah, up somewhere? Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> I say we need to get an Arrow said, Commander. Uh, we're going to need a lot more listeners until we can until yeah. we can afford that. Yeah, new, some Arrow Commanders maybe, a couple couple of those. That'd be awesome. Yeah, one day. You're stuck on those Arrow Commanders. They're beautiful airplanes. Tell them your story about the Arrow Commander. Yeah, well, you, you can buy them, you know, they're pretty expensive, but the recent one we purchased, we hoped to get it to fly, and it was just just too many issues that required attention. So instead, we just pulled the engines and, you know, and... and, and it's a pretty amazing find. Yeah. It was an amazing find. That's Some a beautiful plane. Yeah, beautiful plane. The guy that... And the, just the love that you see in aviation, a lot of people don't realize this, but when you buy an airplane, you're buying a piece of somebody. Yep. Because this airplane had this man's riding. He passed away in the 90s, and it just sat there. But he had he had this man's writing all over the logs, and the logs because it was from 1955 could, if they were stacked, could stack four feet top tall. Yeah. I mean, and it was just a, it's really sad. It's sad to see an airplane that just dies and never flies again. But at the same time, it's cool to take the parts from it to let another person's airplane fly. That's right. Yep. Yeah, it's a good way to look at it. Yeah, you got to keep in aviation. There's one thing you got to bring new people to it. It's your responsibility as an aviator. You know, educate, show people. It's like it's the it's the untold secret and the second thing you got to do is you know try to keep whatever airplane's yours keep it flying take care of it yeah because they're they're old and there's they're just the same technology they're amazing machines all right so alex tell me about this fast track air this is something that i'm really passionate about and this is something i really love for our listeners to know a little bit more about yeah me too cody i'm super passionate about it fast track air is a sister school of perry air flight school so what we do at Fast Track is offer accelerated flight training. Let's see, at Perry Air, we offer flight training for students that usually have a full-time job or they can come in and train on nights and weekends. Perry Air is more for like the working man or working woman. Yes. Fast Track Air is for students that are ready to get certified as quickly as possible. So we take you to our training facility in Macon, Georgia, and at our hangar there, you'll have one instructor and one airplane that is native to you. So it's that one-to-one in, in ratio that's so important that everybody's looking for. Yeah, so you'll work every day towards your private pilot's license, and within 30 days, you'll be ready to be certified to be a private pilot. And talk about that set price that is so uh, expected by the student when those accelerated schools. Okay, so the set price, it's got a set price of $14,500 for your private pilot. We offer other certificates too, but um, it, right now we're on 25% discount and to our podcast listeners, so the total would be 11249 and that's just for a limited time. And we also offer instrument ratings, commercial ratings, and CFI ratings. And how does the listener go and sign up? All you got to do is give us a call at 478-284-0880 or email us at info at FastTrackAir.com or you can visit our website at FastTrackAir.com. And don't forget to mention flight following to receive that 25% discount. Well, unless you have anything else to add about our glorious flight school, we can conclude this podcast. A little short episode. A little short episode. I like these. If you guys like these short episodes uh, where they're just, instead of like these full episodes with guests and all that, and if you want us to just get on here and talk for 15 minutes and, and, and talk about a certain subject uh, and just hit on it for a little bit, then we'd love to do that. And uh, yeah, just get back to us and see if this is something that you like. We'll put out a lot of them. Yeah, and definitely. Put out one every day. Yeah, I think they're, they're fun and they're educational. Yeah. But more so, we do love having our guests on and we do plan to have some other guests here soon and so stay tuned with us and continue to listen to our podcast on apple and spotify and give us your feedback because your feedback from you guys is is the most helpful part of this podcast 
and just give us a call. You can call us at 478-284-0880 or email us at info at perrierflight.com. Alex, signing off. Cody, signing off.